0: Remote work has long moved beyond simply being a trend or a lifestyle. It's a natural evolution in the way we work and collaborate, a complete and vital redesign with profound positive impact for businesses, teams and society as a whole. With it comes a work culture revolution that requires putting freedom, trust and conscious behaviour at the core of every business who wants to thrive. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and expert in growing happy, high-performing remote teams. Since 2014, I've been running all my businesses remotely, and that has deeply changed who I am as a leader. I've gone from micromanaging an unhappy team, suffering high turnover and working long hours to moving to the US, traveling roughly six months a year, and loving the shit out of my team and being constantly amazed as to what we're achieving. Join me as I dive into conversations about remote work magic, conscious culture, and the future of work with some of the most inspiring founders and leaders in the remote workspace. Insights, tips, success, and failure, innovation, we share it all. Let's dive in. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Conscious Culture. I'm super excited today. I have my very good friend, one of my best friends, Mike Arts, who lives here in Colorado where I live and is actually the first person I pretty much ever met in Colorado, definitely the first entrepreneur. We're both members of EO, Entrepreneurs' Organization, and I met Mike the year before I moved out here. I went along to an Entrepreneurs' Organization event and sat next to you, I think, and Ended up, you know, letting Mike know that I was going to be moving out here, and he was just a great support throughout that next year. And I did end up moving here, and I ended up in Forum with him. So it's been great. Forum is a group of We Nine in our group um, within EO within our EO chapter here and we meet every month and we share all the highs and lows of of life and business and everything. So I know Mike very well and I'm really excited to have you on the show. Mike's the founder of The Public Works and they have a really incredible culture. So I'm just happy to have you on and to have a bit of a discussion about what makes The Public Works unique and what makes your team how they are and, and who you are. So thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, it's always great talking with you.
0: <laughs> um, so we went hiking yesterday, no, the day before. Mike and I went skinning up the back of Montezuma and we had like a really amazing chat. And as as is pretty standard with Mike, when we go adventuring, he pulled out a a saw. Um, I've been on heli trips where you've pulled out a really expensive bottle of whiskey, I think it was, and all sorts of things come out. Cognac. When- cognac, yeah, it was <laughs> cognac. <laughs> bowl or something that you got to shoot and we got to sample, which (laughs) I'm not complaining about. So uh, two days ago, you pulled out a saw for a brand that you're starting to do some work with. And I think this is something really cool about you. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about the public works before I get into too much detail, but you pulled out this saw and stuck it in the snow and started taking some really epic shots of it out in nature. And, And you do that a lot. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with you on the show because I think you guys definitely have a, you're very passionate about the work you do um, and the brands you work with and telling those brand stories. So I'd love to just hear a little bit more about all of that, how you go about um, finding these brands and what it means to you, the work that you do. And and tell us a little bit about the work you do before I ramble on too much and people don't know what we're talking about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll see if I can keep this short, but I think I've been kind of lucky that sort of always pursued that you know the fun side of work and i almost haven't ever done anything else even when i was 16 in high school i started working at a snowboard and ski shop and i'll kind of fast track through this but that led to going to work for burton snowboards in vermont while going to university of vermont for business at the same time i met my now one of my closest friends and business partner frank phillips at Burton snowboards. And so it's sort of just been a step after step of you know, following our passions and trying to figure out how to make a business around it. Frank and I were super aligned on that. We met working at, you know, one of the ultimate companies for that kind of culture, which is Burton snowboards and um, Jake Burton just passed last year and it gave us a ton of time to reflect on how much he as a person created that culture there at Burton. Frank and I each spent about seven years each there but you don't forget that, you know, people, people begged and pleaded to probably take less money to go work at that company. Mm -hmm. Um, But that taught us a lot. And out of that time together is when we kind of dreamed up the public works and a few of our other businesses. Um, And most of that happened, like we might've been at work. We might've been on a work trip. We could have been hiking at Stowe, but I mean, that's where, that's where this thing started. And I don't know, we're just, we're lucky to still be here.
0: Mm, I love it and I mean, I was lucky enough to be snowboarding with you the day, I think it was the day Jake Burton passed away and you know, we got to do a few laps and you shared some stories with me about your time and it was so beautiful for me to like witness and just hold space for you in that moment, having those memories back to what it meant to you and how much it has shaped your career. Um, I think that's just so profound and And one of the things that's really stood out to me through knowing you and moving to Colorado myself is your approach to life and work and the way that it is all, you know, you want to have fun and do the things you love and build a business around it. I I love it and I love that you've done that your whole entire career.
1: Yeah, and... It's interesting. You know, I look at what we do as we're small, you know, we got a dozen or so people. Um, we can get into it more, but we have four companies kind of in our portfolio. But you know, when I went back Frank and I went back to Jake's Memorial that same weekend, I don't think I've ever bought a plane ticket and traveled the same day. And I just bought two plane tickets to Boston and told Frank, like we're going today and we had a drive kind of through the night from Boston up to Vermont to be at Stowe for Jake's Memorial the next day. And, I don't know, it might have been 2,000, 3,000 people there. It's hard to say, like the Stowe parking lot just started filling up. And it was just like hearing the stories, you know, they had this awesome video going. Um, but everyone we bumped into, like some of my former bosses to pro athletes I had, not you know, that I traveled the world with, um, just kept bumping into all these different people. Every single person seemed to have stories of Jake or the company and how much it changed their life. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm there and Frank's there and like, like I'm going to cry, but (laughs) It's okay.
0: You're allowed to cry on this show. (laughs)
1: Mm. Yeah. Like, like our, our lives were redefined by being there, but so was everyone else there. Right? So Mm. you look at it and you're like, that wasn't just Jake. Like, that's what Jake created. Right. And to me, that's, that's culture. That's, like the essence of that brand is you, you could just look at Burton snowboards and question like, you know, how are they doing as a company, this, that, whatever, but and you can't even begin to like grasp the ripple effect in the world because of that one person who fought his passions and went and built snowboards in a barn back in the seventies and <sighs> took like, what could have seemed as like a joke or not even a sport at the time to now it's, you know, millions and millions of dollars Olympic sport, whatever. And so that's why I think, um, I think Jake will always be that hero to me. And, you know, I met him for the first time when I was 14. So that impact was huge.
0: Oh man. And it, it was huge because you talk about the ripple effect and I see that it's exactly what you've created at the public works with all of the people that you touch with your business, your team, the companies that you work with and, you know, everything you do it's like a sprawling effect. Like it's not just work. Like you're constantly, like I said, combining just some great outdoor adventures with friends and other business owners and entrepreneurs with the work that you're doing. And it really does leave such a positive impact on so many people. So I just want to, I guess, feed that back to you because you are because of what he did for you, you're doing that for other people. And that's such a gift.
1: Yeah, you try. Then you realize as companies grow that you have more people counting on you too. Right. And uh, not only the people that work for us, with us, uh, I mean, we know we own a building with 20 companies in it. So Mm -hmm. all those tenants, their people, like, like all these people are counting on us. So there's also that like fine line that keeps you awake at night, which is culture doesn't always pay the bills. And if we always chase the most fun thing, or even right now, right? We're sitting here in the middle, hopefully coming out of the worst part of this COVID stuff. But you also question yourself and you're like, well, if we had chased bigger, more profitable corporate partners or clients, it might not have been as much fun. Like, would we be in a better place right now? Because the cash coffers would be a bit more full or whatever. I mean, there's no right answer. It's just, that's like, to me, that's the challenge of like running the business is totally, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, we're always as entrepreneurs looking at that, like, do we take this opportunity that on paper is really good versus this one that feels really good over here. And, you know, I know that you primarily take the opportunities that feel good and so do I, but I would counter, you know, the position you're in, like you have, An incredible team who are loyal, and you guys have found a way to stay together during this time and to keep the team together and and make it through. And I think that's what I see uh, both in my own experiences. You know, I've fucked my companies completely, not to do with COVID, just to do with my own poor management and like being open and honest with my team and had them rally around and be like, "We got you. We're going to do this, and and we're all in." And I think that's more powerful in over the long term than having more money in the bank to keep team members that you know might not even be as aligned like the one thing that i absolutely love witnessing with you and your team i mean you and frank especially as as partners but even your team like there's no delineation between the professional versions of you and the personal versions of you i know one of your team members was crashing it in the airstream outside your house the last week or so um you know this is and and he's like hangs out with your kids and basically a lot of your team members have half raised your kids. I would say like, Mm -hmm. I love that. I think it's such a freeing way to be and to work as a, as a, as a leader. And I'm sure as for our team members, because we get to just show up in as we are all of it and not have to like hide and be this way or that way. And I think when we bring our whole selves to work, when we go through crises, people are then willing to be like, you know what? I get it. And they don't see you as this big boss with all the money that usually is not the case. Like that's just how people see it. If we have all of these masks on Mm -hmm. and it's been, it's been cool to watch like you and your team rally during this time and other times.
1: Yeah. It's uh, sometimes it takes some pretty shitty days to see the brightest spots. Right. Um, The, we, we were at an EO event. I think you were there too, but still one of my favorite sayings. It was one of the founders of a life is good, but, you know, he said, it's such a, you know, such a change in your mindset when you change, you know, switch from saying I have to do something to we get to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard one to refer to going through a, you know, global pandemic that's killing people and crushing businesses, but try to keep referring back to it, even with our team. Like, I mean, we don't have to go through this. We could just quit. We could do something else. People could bail and go do something else, but we get to get through this as a team. And, um, it's, it's been my team. That's kind of held me up uh, a lot through this time. Just, you know, people when you have a team member say that they're willing to take a pay cut if that's what it takes or whatever before we even have to suggest it. That's the ultimate flattery, right? To, to get through this thing. So it's It's been a, a painful but special time, especially watching clients suffer friends. That's the hard part.
0: It is difficult, but I do agree with you that and these times make us stronger as a team, like you're in a position similar to me now where you've been working with people for many, many years across many iterations of your company and that core team idea, people that will walk by your side and build things with you, through the ups and downs and the highs and the lows and the times where, you know, I used to be a pretty shitty leader in the beginning. Like I was not that great. Um, But I've got people like Pam, who now runs one of our other companies, Love My B&B. You know, she's been with me for, I think almost, it's eight years going on nine years. And it's, it's company after company and different things that we're doing, but having that core team is just so powerful. And I know that you have that and you're building that and it's such a beautiful thing. And these times are the times that just solidify that connection. And next time something happens, we can dig deep and be like, yeah, we well, remember back in 2020, remember whatever. And we got through and we became stronger.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, Frank and I have known each other since, before I met Allison, and uh, we're kind of creeping up on a 20 year anniversary. So that, that puts some time against it. And Ian's been working with us longer than since before Natasha was born and she's 15 now. Right? So like you said, Natasha's grown up with uh, Ian in her life. She still has this purple lamb that I think Ian gave to her when she was like a year old. So it just cracks me up. Like Natasha will tell me like, "Oh, did you see what Marshall posted or whatever on Instagram? Like she's giving me updates on our <laughs> team and the funny stuff they're doing like before I even see it. And it it, it is awesome. It blurs those lines and it also, I think it helps all of us, right? Cause we all see the bigger picture and we're, we're in it together. You know, Dag and I shot the photos of Marshall's wedding. Like, I love it. Super cool. Right. We've known Caroline forever. So yeah, it's a tight, it's a tight crew and it, uh, it, you know, gets you up in the morning and makes you work harder when you, you know, you really care about those people and doing the best you can.
0: Totally. And I think when you really care about them and you really know them at that level, like not just the work version of them, but all of those different aspects of their lives, it also helps to trust and empower them to do, to step up and step in and be their best selves in terms of what they do for the organization. And I mean, it's not only us as founders or our organizations that go through tough times over the years, so too do our team members. And I think when we have a culture where we can bring all of it, you know, we can support a team member who might be going through, I don't know, a divorce or a loss of a loved one or whatever it might be. Um, But when we're kind of hiding those sides of ourselves, all that we might see as leaders is like, oh, this person's not engaged. They're not performing right now. I don't know what's going on. And next thing you know, you know, they've left and their whole life's, you know, already on its head. And then the rug gets pulled under out from under them because of work. And I think when we can create a more open culture, it's like, I have one of my team members whose father's really sick in hospital right now. And we're all just like, cool. Like it's been a couple of weeks. Like we just keep picking up the slack for her. Like, I mean, what else would we want to do? Like, I just want to support her and love her through it. And whatever the outcome will be, like, we'll be there for her and she'll have her job at the end and we just have unlimited like leave and all of that for really anything because I trust my team so much to get their stuff done and we all just pitch in and help when somebody needs it, whether they're taking time out for a vacation or whether they kind of have to because of something like this. And it's just not even a question like, you know, there's so much uh, loyalty and closeness within the team that everyone just wants to step in and support. Knowing that that favor will be returned and repaid if and when it's ever needed to for somebody else. Yeah. And And I feel
1: like you guys are like that too. And we've seen, you know, if someone's appearing to be a bit difficult at work or snappy or grumpy or whatever, you know, when we've taken the time to actually talk about it, it's usually something else. Totally. You wouldn't have that conversation if you didn't know the person that well. And I can't imagine what it's like if you have, you know, 500 plus employees or something, then, you know, culture becomes, you're, cause you're starting to count on other people, you know, in the ranks to be your culture. But when we've taken the time to kind of pull aside and say what's going on, you know, it's usually like the person's super stressed about their current financial situation or it's something else. Right. And there's usually when you work as a group, like, mm-hmm. there's a way to figure it out and ease some of that stress and, pressure from that person. And like you said, like, say, like, go take a couple days, sort it out, whatever it is. And, um, we don't, we don't have set policies either. It's more like, we're going to work hard. We're going to do great work. Everyone's going to like, there's not going to be a weak link on the team. And yeah, like, and also, like you said, there's going to be times when certain people have to step up to help cover other people. And that could be for like kind of mental, just kind of getting things balanced again, or it could just be so you can take a vacation. Mm. I mean, Frank and I have been at this for a while and I feel like it's only been a couple years now to where like either one of us would actually kind of step away and be able to fully step away, like shut down for a week and know things are gonna be handled. And that's like, that's such an honor to just know that, like we started with just the two of us, right? Like we couldn't not be there 100% of the time. so. To be able to walk away now and see our crew go out and knock out a huge project or whatever and me not have anything to do with it, thats to me, that's one of the biggest signs of success.
0: It is. And it's also the reward we reap for empowering our team because there are leaders who still can't do that even when they have a big team and they have everybody in all the the seats and everything should be covered. If you stay holding onto the reins and being like a micromanager and not trusting your people... It's a prison you build for yourself where you still can't take that time out. And I think it's a testament to what you guys have done with your team and how you've empowered them and, you know, allowed them to step into their fullest potential also gives you the freedom then to step away knowing that like they're doing amazing work while you're doing what you need to do looking after yourself so
1: our biggest challenge so is pretty cool. yeah, most of the stuff we do is pretty fun so it's not so much that I <laughs> don't think they can all you just go and there. Do it, so I don't want to miss out
0: <laughs> I know I love that like being in forum with you that's your con- that's a constant <laughs> thing is like there's so much fun to be had I don't know how to fit it all in yeah. <laughs> I think that's something you and I have in common is just wanting to seek out and enjoy all the different experiences that life has to offer and that in and, of, in and of itself sometimes um, can wear us out a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been just amazing to hear a little bit more about what you do and how you guys approach everything. And um, as I said, I think you've got an amazing team culture. You do amazing work. Um, maybe tell us where people can check out, where's the best place for people to check out what you do. And
1: Yeah, I, mean, I can give a quick summary. I mean, we basically serve we basically Public Works to be a full-service creative agency uh, we're very hands-on so our team um, we shoot photos video we do the editing all the way through to broadcast quality commercials and that kind of work we also have a design and fabrication component to the public works works which Frank heads up more all of that led us to buying a building in Denver that's a 30,000 square foot space called battery 621 where we we have our companies but we also share with about 20 other companies and it's just a just an awesome zone of creativity. Yeah. And we've also launched a couple other companies, a furniture company and a material distribution. So we have a very vertically integrated portfolio of companies and uh, it's, it's been a blast.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love everything you do and everything you've created. And we'll include links to all of, all of your companies and Instagram handles and all the things in the show notes. But thank you so much, Mike, for joining me today. It was such an excellent conversation.
1: Yeah. Always, always a good time.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Conscious Culture, The Evolution of Work. Follow us as we further explore real stories of remote companies and the thriving cultures they are creating. To stay updated with all our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favourite podcasting app. In the show notes of each episode, you'll find some of our favourite remote work and culture resources. However, if you want to have a chat about remote work, how it's done, and how it can benefit your company, feel free to reach out to me directly anytime. My email address is sarah at growmyteam.com.au.